What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to visit with former Auburn linebacker, now SEC Network analyst, Takeo Spikes. We caught up with him in Atlanta to preview the SEC football season and get his thoughts on Brian Harson heading into this year. Also, we'll go around the conferences. We've got tons of news with all the SEC schools underway with fall camp, updates on injuries at Alabama, some trash talk going on at Ole Miss and Florida. LSU hands out the number 18 jersey and some big recruiting news. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC. Your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, plenty to jump into. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Alabama as Nick Saban addressed the media on Sunday and talked about some of the injuries when it comes to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tight end Cameron Latu has a minor knee injury and it's going to be out a couple of weeks according to Saban. He also said freshman D lineman Isaiah Hastings came in with an injury, said he'll be back shortly. Freshman offensive lineman Elijah Pritchett tore his pec in the weight room and will be out for a little according to Saban. Meanwhile, Louisville transfer wide receiver Tyler Harrell he is also dealing with some lingering injury issues. Harrell has been, quote, in and out a little bit. He has been able to practice, but not at 100%. Other notes from Alabama. Nick Saban talked about cornerback Eli Ricks, who transferred in this offseason from LSU and said he battled injuries throughout last year. Saban explained it's been difficult for the former Tiger to transition, saying he's made a lot of improvement, but I think that Eli, sort of with the injuries that he had and the time he was off, it was really sort of a more difficult transition for him, physically, emotionally, mentally, to come from where he was to where he needs to be to be the kind of player that he wants to be. And we certainly want to want to help him to do that in every way we can. It's, I think sometimes when you go through all those things, it can affect your confidence a little bit because you get frustrated and you struggle because you're not used to being in the kind of condition that you once were. So he's making good progress in terms of grasping the system and having a better understanding of what's required for him to be a good player. So it's kind of been thought, is Saban trying to show tough love to Eli Ricks? Is he really just having a tough adjustment to learning the Alabama scheme? Feels like it's a combination of all those things. But Eli Ricks as a true freshman at LSU in 2020 had four interceptions, returned a couple for touchdowns, and Alabama's hoping for him to lock down one of those cornerback spots this fall. Meanwhile, a couple other notes. We heard from Alabama's OC and DC on Sunday. Pete Golding, the defensive coordinator, talked about his arrest back in February for DUI. He said, there are consequences for making bad decisions, and I made a very poor decision that affected a lot of people, and it was selfish, and it opened up a lot of emotions for a lot of people, and I was wrong, and I've got to suffer the consequences for it. Meanwhile, Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien talked about uh, he had many opportunities this offseason, other opportunities presenting themselves. Don't know if they were actual head coaching jobs that were offered to him, but he said he remains loyal to Nick Saban for taking a chance on him. So it sounds like Bill O'Brien is staying put, at least for now. We'll see what happens this upcoming offseason. 
Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, wide receiver Malik Heath, he transferred in from Mississippi State, making him part of a very exclusive club that's going to play in the Egg Bowl for both sides. Malik Heath's latest comments getting noticed by those up in Starkville. Heath talked with reporters on Saturday talking about his transfer, and he talked about the difference in Lane Kiffin's passing attack to Mike Leach's air raid. He said, I just like this offense. Heath told uh, reporters, according to Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger, he said, I think Lane Kiffin is a great play caller. Wide receivers coach Derek Nix is a great coach. He pushes you every day. That's something I didn't have over there at that other school. At first, I was skeptical about it because of the rival school and all the media and all that, but I've seen a lot of other folks transferring, and I thought, why not? Heath also making it known he's not the biggest fan of cowbells. He said, I'm glad I'm glad it's not at the other school this year. They have to come here. I ain't have to hear the cowbells. I've been thinking about it ever since I came. I didn't like the cowbells. They're too loud. Nick Suss also pointed out that Malik Heath is a Jackson, Mississippi native. He's the first player of the transfer portal era to switch sides in the Egg Bowl rivalry. Breck Tyler played at Mississippi State back in the 70s and then transferred over to Ole Miss. In the last two seasons, Heath recorded 71 catches for 749 yards and eight touchdowns with Mississippi State. So big pass catching weapon for Ole Miss this year. Meanwhile, Ole Miss running back Zach Evans, he transferred in this offseason along with Ulysses Bentley. Those two guys, along with Kentrell Bullock, are going to try to replace that production from Jerry and Ely, Snoop Connor, and Henry Parrish. And with the season getting started, Evans very confident in his trio, saying, I think this could be the best combo in the country. I think it can be great. I mean, that's what we're working for. In six games last year at TCU, Zach Evans rushed for 648 yards and five touchdowns. Meanwhile, over at Florida, Billy Napier and his staff, they're working to address a big problem from last season at Florida, and that was undisciplined penalties. Over 13 games last year, Florida committed 104 penalties for 918 yards. Dante Zanders said Billy Napier handed out a detailed report to all the players on their penalties from last year, divided out by game. Uh, the penalties that were avoidable were highlighted. Zanders said it was shocking and embarrassing to see it. Florida dropped four of five games last year, decided by seven points or fewer and the Gators are working on fixing those. They will open the season coming up on September 3rd, hosting Utah. Meanwhile, also at Florida, on social media, Bretton Cox, their big defensive end, going at the Bulldogs as Georgia released a promotional video promoting their season. Bretton Cox retweeted and said, better get ready for me. So nothing like a little trash talk there from uh, one Florida Gator to a Georgia Bulldog fan base. And speaking of the Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart and company getting ready for uh, the upcoming season and hitting the practice field and working on some retooling that offensive line. They lose Jamari Salyer to the NFL, but Broderick Jones, the clear front runner to fill Salyer's role, continues to improve. Fellow offensive tackle Warren McClendon spoke with the media a couple days ago and was asked about Broderick Jones. And uh, he said, look, he has definitely stepped up big time. He is locked in. He's coming in every day, giving it everything he's got and getting better every day. So the redshirt sophomore preparing for his first full-time season as a starting lineman. Good accolades there for him. Over at LSU, Brian Kelly was uh, holding off on awarding the number 18 jersey that 
become a legacy at LSU on Saturday. Brian Kelly awarded that number 18 jersey to a star defensive player, a guy who very well could hear his name called very early in next year's draft. That is edge rusher B.J. Ojolari. He's emerged as a team leader this offseason, coming off a year where he had 54 tackles and a team-high seven sacks. So B.J. Ojolari looking to have a big year at LSU. Meanwhile, Wide receiver Kayshawn Bouti speaking with the media for the first time this offseason. He said, I thought about it. Uh, I thought about transferring. I really did. As a player, I felt like it was just better for me to stay and overcome this process. Of course, uh, a lot of adversity with Ed Ogeron being fired and a lot of players in the transfer portal leaving this offseason, losing a lot of pieces. Kayshawn Bouti staying with Brian Kelly should have a monster season for the LSU Tigers. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, Brian uh, Harson and company, they're, uh, one of their defensive leaders, Colby Wooden, speaking with the media. He told reporters on Friday he was soft coming into his first training camp at Auburn before defensive line coach Rodney Gardner. Now the defensive line coach at Tennessee got him right. Colby Wooden, on his advice to new recruits coming in, said, oh, the honeymoon phase is over. You're coming to work now, big dog. Colby Wooden had uh, has more than 100 tackles, nine sacks as an Auburn Tiger. He was named to the SEC All-Freshman team in 2020, was an All-SEC honorable mention last year. Over at Texas A&M, they're running back Devon Shane getting ready for a big season. The third-year running back has been lightning in a bottle for A&M in his first two seasons. Last year, he saw an increased share of carries, rushing for over 900 yards with nine touchdowns on 130 carries. Looking for big things for him this year. A. Shane asked whether he can handle the workload of being AM's featured back. He said, I'm very confident if Coach Fisher wants me to carry the ball 20 times, that's what I'm going to do. If he wants me to carry it 10, that's what I'm going to do. A. Shane also asked about being mentioned among some as a potential Heisman contender. He said, I think it's a great accomplishment, but I don't think about stuff like that. I just go out and play football, and if the accolades come, that's great. A few other notes from Jimbo Fisher. They're uh, Made some adjustments in-house this offseason on his coaching staff. Co-offensive coordinator Daryl Dickey has moved from working with the quarterbacks to over with the tight ends. Fellow co-offensive coordinator James Coley, who worked with the tight ends last year, he is now working with the receivers. And after four seasons of working with the receivers, Damian Craig will now be helping Jimbo Fisher inside the quarterback room. So a little bit of musical chairs there for the uh, assistant coaches over at Texas A&M. Over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer and company, they're looking to live up to big expectations this year. And Jaheim Bell, their tight end, well, he's not just a tight end. He can block, he can catch, he can run, he can do a little bit of everything. At 30 catches for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns last season, he is making it known that he wants to do more. Wants to be like another former Gamecock in Debo Samuel, who was Mr. Do-It-All there. Offense coordinator Marcus Satterfield said, look, Jaheim is not a tight end anymore. We list him as a tight end, but Jaheim is Debo 2.0. His new position is called wide back. He can do it all. So looking forward to seeing what Jaheim Bell can do this season for the Gamecocks on offense. In some recruiting news, LSU got a big-time commitment on Saturday as they picked up five-star wide receiver Shelton Sampson Jr. out of the Baton Rouge area. He had, was down to the likes of Alabama, Texas A&M, Florida State, and LSU. He uh, ended up picking LSU, and now the uh, couple other names to keep an eye on for uh, LSU, four-star quarterback Ricky Collins, who decommitted from Purdue recently. But uh, as far as Sampson goes, 
Five-star player, number three recruit from the state of Louisiana, number four wide receiver overall, and the number 33 prospect in the class of 2023. Commitment number 18 for LSU, who moved up in the composite rankings, I think up to number seven in 24-7 sports. Meanwhile, over at uh, Kentucky, it was good news for Mark Stoops and company as they picked up a safety in Jeremiah Anglin. Safety out of the state of Florida committed to Kentucky on Saturday evening. So good news for them. Six foot one, 184 pounds, rated three stars, number 37 safety, number 84 recruit out of the state of Florida. Gives Kentucky 15 commitments in their current class. And over at Texas A&M, they picked up a 2023 offensive tackle, Nequil Betrand. He is out of the Philadelphia area. Six foot seven, 310 pounds. Three stars, number 18 product out of Pennsylvania. So the Aggies now have 10 players for their class of 2023. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Coming up next, our conversation with Takeo Spikes. You don't want to miss that. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And look, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes at LinkedIn Jobs. Reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. You can spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. they got simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. LinkedIn Jobs, they help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply rolling along here on the show and here at sec media days and fun to catch up with a lot of the different sec analysts and hosts and we got a new one sitting down with us he is takio spikes former auburn and longtime nfl linebacker what's going on man life is good life is good how was everything with you today uh it's good man i woke up and uh you know it's it's a good day uh we get to talk about football You've been pretty active in the media game in recent years. You've been doing podcasts and things like that, but how excited are you to join the SEC Network now as a studio analyst? I am ecstatic, <laughs> like to say at the least. Look, like you said, I've, I've, been, I've been doing this for a long time, and even when I came out of the game working with NBC, doing some work with NFL Network, it's been great. It's been a good ride, even going to London for three years and covering the NFL games over there. So I look forward to being able to have this opportunity to look at some of the greatest players in the game that are going to be pros in the greatest conference in the world, the SEC. <laughs> so for me, when you ask me how am I doing, ecstatic is being a little coy about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you get to work with some really talented people as well. Do you have a favorite yet on, among your SEC cohorts? Well, I'm, I'm, I've been working with everybody. Of course, Roman Harper and, you know, uh, Jordan. You got Ben, Ben mm. Watson, all of these guys. So, for me, I, I love the whole crew and cast. Did you ever tackle Ben? I have. Okay. I've tackled Ben. <laughs> but, you know, 
Ben Ben plays. I didn't realize Ben played as long as he did. Yeah, man, a what, long six, time. Sixteen years in the NFL. Yeah, and I loved him when he came out at Georgia. Yeah, a lot of people think that, um, like, oh, Spikes is always killing Georgia. He's, nah, <laughs> I like Georgia though. Like, I'm a Georgia boy. Yeah, deep down inside, and I, and I I followed Ben even when he came out of high school in Carolina. Uh, to come to Georgia. I played tight end, so that was the mutual tie. I never told him that. I might need to tell him before we read this somewhere, but yeah. nah, man. We, we, I love working with everybody on the crew. You played some tight end? Listen, I was like amazing. Like a bowling ball. I was amazing. <laughs> 37 catches, 19 for touchdowns. Look it up. Crazy. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little football. I talked to you in the middle of last season, and you even admitted, as much as that rivalry runs deep, with Georgia, you gave them props, and you said that defense was was legit, and they were. They won the national championship, a ton of high draft picks. What did you make of that Georgia run last year? Will probably go down as, definitely goes down as one of the greatest defenses of all time, like period. And I, I, I thought it was amazing. And for me, you know, most teams, or when you're that good, you win a national championship. Most times it usually comes by the production of the quarterback. And I'm not saying that what I am saying is it didn't come that way for UGA. I think their quarterbacks came in and played exceptionally well with what they had to do. Right. They understood the assignment when they got it and they went out and performed. But that defense was outstanding. <laughs> Five first round picks overall. So for me, you know, UGA is is they're at the pinnacle right now, and I give Kirby Smart a lot of credit simply due to the fact that, you know, one the hardest thing to me when you look at collegiate sports, especially in football, is, you know, hey, we got this five-star, we got this four-star, we even got three stars. That's cool, but can you develop them? Right. Right? Like, that's the big thing, and I think that's what Kirby is doing now, and that's the reason why, like, you know, we talk about Alabama all the time, and rightfully so. But now you, you can't mention Nick Saban without mentioning Kirby Smart. More with Takeo Spikes in just a second. But I want to remind you guys, betonline.net, still the fastest and easiest way to check in all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league. I was just on there. They got everything from baseball to football, NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, whatever it is. BetOnline.net has got something up there for you. You find reviews of just about everything you need. They even have lines on the NFL preseason games that are getting underway. So go check them out, BetOnline. They continue to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device. Learn all about the action happening today. It is betonline.net. Again, start a college football season. They're going to have a ton of stuff on there once the season gets going. You want to make sure you're getting all the right intel before you do anything. It's betonline.net, and it is where the game starts. Is it crazy to you? I mean, how it's. I mean, Alabama has just become a, a football factory there that the Nick Saban has created there. They, they crank them in, they crank them out. Um, it, it's. Like, it's crazy he's been able to do this and have sustained success for so long. Even when they don't win the, the SEC, they still wind up in the playoffs somehow and still win championships or play for championships. It's just like the, the playoff has become the Alabama Invitational, basically. Yeah, and, and I think when you look at it, it's, it's, with Alabama, you look at them and it's just the amount of depth that they get. 
like prime example, you look at Jameer Gibbs, running back that they picked up out of the portal from Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech. <laughs> they didn't have to go inside of the portal and get him. <laughs> right. They, you know what I'm saying? So when you look at it, he easily could have went ahead and picked up another five-star recruit running back, four-star, whatever, develop him because he had some guys in the reins waiting. But he chose not to. And so I think that's what really speaks volumes of Alabama, knowing that, hey, we really could go inside of the portal and treat it like NFL free agency, but we don't have to because we're getting the guys, the best guys coming out of high school and also developing them along the way into the players that we want them to be. Yeah, it's it's crazy, too. I mean, you, you played in so many different locker rooms. You've seen guys with egos and – how do they manage all those egos? I mean, like, you know, you bring in all these five stars. These are guys who are feeling themselves, and they think a certain way. How do you manage a lot? I mean, like, you would think all those kids, if I'm not playing right away, I'm hitting the transfer portal. Somehow they get them to, like, stick around, buy in. No, wait your turn. You're going to play. Like, listen, this day and age, you would expect them to be leaving constantly if they're not playing immediately. Listen, when Alabama has a proven track record of not only sending guys to the league, but I'm talking about high draft pick guys. Everybody talking about, I want the bag. Right. Like, you want the bag, right? That's why you do you do what you do because you love it. Right. But you want to be compensated for it. And these kids see it the same way. And when you look at a top sports program like Alabama, you know, all right, I don't mind waiting to develop because I know if I develop and when I develop, I'm going to get that bag big time. But also, you're going to win a national championship or at a minimum, you're going to at least play for it. And so if I know... If I knew that, if I saw the writing on the wall, even when I came out of school, like I would seriously would have considered. But that's how it is, and that's how you get kids to wait because it ain't so much about the mouthpiece at that point. The proof is in the pudding from what he's done all over the years. I want to say since what the college football playoff has been into existence. Eight years. Right. They've been in it six times. <laughs> that's crazy. It is. And we're talking with Takeo Spikes here. Um if you were a recruit today, if you were coming out, would you? How would you commit to a school? Would you do the t- the hat thing at the table and put on the hat, throw the other one on the floor? Would you? What What would you have done today if you were committing to a college? I probably I would have picked my favorite song, <laughs> and I would have came out in the bathrobe, <laughs> right, bathrobe and all, right, with some house shoes, and then hit the song, boom. Pull my bathrobe out with the jersey on, <laughs> Auburn jersey. Goodness. Still would have been Auburn. Yeah. And then we would have talked shop after that. And you would have you would have had a lot of NIL deals, I think, too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, what's the one thing you would have you would have gotten if you were a player right now? Like the one company that you would have needed as an NIL deal? Yellowwood. Shout out to Jimmy <laughs> Rain. You best believe I've already thought about it. Jimmy Rain, I would have been, I would have skipped practice in the summertime. Yeah. Because I would have told the coach, look, Terry, Coach Bowden. I'm getting a two-for-one. I'm picking up lumber, getting my workout in, and I'm being compensated for it. What's up? Real quick, I know you got to run. Just a quick thought on, on Brian Harson. Started off so good last year, things went downhill. Just your general thoughts on where are you on Harson right now? I still believe the same thing that I said last year. I think he's one hell of a football coach. I think we need to, I think as a, um, a city – the boosters as a program we need to get behind him and support him because at the end of the day is yeah it is about Harson, but it's really about the kids and we want to put them in the best possible position to be able to have success and 
that's what I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. That's what I want to see because that's what's most important, that the players are going to win you games. And so for me, I think in the meantime, before we see that or while we're seeing that, I think it's important to re- you will be able to judge the relationship, whether or not you had a lot of kids who decided to stay. So obviously if you're a kid who are staying, you're probably staying because you believe in the vision of what you're seeing compared to a lot of the guys who decided to transfer and move on, including both coordinators too as well. So that's what I'm just I'm waiting to see. I want to see how cohesive the group are and how they play off of each other. He is the great Takeo Spikes. Man, congrats on all your success. Can't wait to see you in the studio throughout the college football season on the SEC Network. And uh, go kill it, man. I know you will. I will. Thank you. All right, thanks again to Takeo Spikes for joining us. Appreciate him giving us a little insight on the season. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now you go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts, we've got just about every SEC school covered. So get ready for the season, listening to some of our other great shows like Locked on Auburn or Locked on Gators, Locked on Bulldogs, whatever it is, they got you covered. Just search for your favorite school with Locked On and you'll find it wherever you get your podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. We're back five days a week talking all things SEC football, so make sure you subscribe to our uh, podcast wherever you listen to it or check us out on YouTube. We're up there now with the video version of the podcast as well. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Some great guests lined up throughout this week you don't want to miss. John Talty has got a new book uh on Nick Saban. He, of course, has written for AL.com for a long time. Excited to talk with him about that. We'll also have our conversation with David Cutcliffe and Greg McElroy from SEC Media Days. So tons of great content coming to you guys this week. You don't want to miss it. Make sure to subscribe and check us out. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Talk to you guys tomorrow.